Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Today is Saturday, December 23rd, 2023. Greetings. I am the pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Standing in today for Elder Carolyn Cunningham, who is away with her husband, who is recovering from surgery. We ask that you keep them in your prayers as he goes through this process of recovery. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, Our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce kind of filling in. This afternoon, he's supposed to be off, but he's good enough to come in and share some of his time with us. Our ministry of music is also being uh, covered by Brother Bob at this moment. Minister Rochelle Jones will offer the altar prayer. The preach word today will be coming from Pastors Terrence and Pamela Wilson of Jesus Christ Died for You Church, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for refuge from the Storm Church members, the Worldwide Church, our families and friends, targeted individuals around the world, advocacy and activist groups, the loved ones of those who have died from targeting. Pray for all government officials to be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God, to do it and not do their own will. Please pray for world peace, the worldwide climate crisis, all refugees, particularly Haitian, an African who have suffered extreme abuses in their countries. Pray for all victims of gun violence, stabbings, and all violence and their families. Pray for all children, especially those who are missing and trafficked. Pray for TIs who have had their children taken away unjustly by an unjust court system. Pray for the unhoused, both targeted and untargeted, to obtain housing that will help them to have peace without satanic frequencies harming them. At this time, we will have our opening selection, and then I will be back for the invocation. Amen. 
So thank you for having us again this evening and, and part of your wonderful ministry. And that song always stirs me up. It's such a blessing. God is wonderful and he is worthy to be praised. I am here with my Pastor Terrence Wilson and I want to introduce him as he brings forth the word about Isaiah bringing God's gift to mankind. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Uh, I want to say good evening to my wife, Pamela Wilson, Jesus Christ died for you, co-pastor. And we just thank y'all for having us. I'm going to go ahead and say happy, Merry Christmas, and a happy new year up front in case we go over. So we're going to be running out of time. I want to thank you, Reverend Black, and all your staff and everybody for inviting us on on this wonderful December 23rd, 2023. We also want to say, you know, I want to say to my wife, thank you so much for putting this together, the message together, putting the word together. And we just thank you so much for having us. And we also touch and agree with Sister Carolyn with our husband. We're going to a, a speedy healing. So we're going to get praise report. As Pamela said, my wife said, uh, Isaiah foretold about God's gift to mankind. So we're going to start out right there, and we're going to start out with that. So we just always love the, the holiday season. Of course, we celebrate Jesus every day, as we told you guys before. And I think it's important to talk about the foreshadowing of Jesus' birth as we move into this season. And many people are celebrating with all kinds of gifts, and it's fun and everything, and there's a lot of material and commercialism. But we have a reason to celebrate our Lord and the spiritual gifts that, he, that reside in us, the, the gifts that God gave us. And if you read Isaiah, you can clearly see the references to the birth of Jesus Christ. This book is mentions Christ and the Messiah, and it also provides a great deal about salvation and what that means to us. And also, too, as before going to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, for say, unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, Isaiah tells us it foreshadows Jesus, and I really would love it if everybody would turn with me and read it, because it it's going to be so much uh, meaning, more meaningful if you can see it. Um, I don't know if there's a way of Bob putting the scriptures on the screen, but maybe everybody can just turn to it. Isaiah 11, beginning in uh, verse 1. So I'll read there. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow from his roots. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. So those are four things that were shadowed for the Messiah. These things would be his attributes. Now, we also know that Isaiah, also a root of Jesse, we know that it was prophesied that the Messiah will come through the lineage of King David, which is his father. David's father was Jesse. We know he had few sons. And we know that David was one of his youngest sons. So David... Jesus fulfills a prophecy that was told before the birth of Christ. I believe Isaiah, Jeremiah also prophesied Christ 911 years before Christ actually was born in Matthew and Luke. Now, 
And so Jesse, did Jesus had to be born in the same region, Bethlehem, the same town that David was born in. And he came through the lineage of King David, which is a line of kings. Remember the Davidic covenant God made with David? And then so God aligned his whole prophecy, lined up with God's word, and the Messiah came forth. And that's why we call him today. The shadow, the, the governments, the weight of governments will be upon him, shoulders, and all who shall call him wonderful counselor, mighty God, ex-everlasting father, the prince of peace. And that's why we call him, and the Bible says we should call him many names, but all the names apply to Jesus because he's all these things to us. Now, I want to add one more thing before uh, my wife Pamela go into uh, Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah means that God is our salvation. That's what it's translated. God is our salvation. So our salvation came through Jesus Christ, through prophesied through Isaiah in the Old Testament, that he came forth in the New Testament. And even though we are on the eve of Christmas right now, there are a lot of people running to and fro the earth. There's nothing wrong with getting excited about Christmas, seeing loved ones and fellowshipping with friends and neighbors and stuff like that. But I believe God says if they would run to and fro every Sunday to come to my face, to seek me and not the gifts, the materialism in the Christmas season is really unbelievable. I believe people spend millions of dollars. But God said they seek me with their, their, their mouths, say they're with me, but their hearts are far from me. So make it more about a relationship about Christ more than what I'm going to get under a tree this season right now and you know we always um i know we all go up anticipating the gifts under the tree and little kids and we would sneak and get up in the middle of the night to see if we saw gifts or something but i think that now that we're more mature in christ i hope that we will uh, impress upon younger people that it is a time this season and really all year long but particularly this season to be Christ-like in giving and to care about other people that don't have things. Um, I know people that go out and buy all kinds of expensive stuff instead of sewing into people that don't have anything to eat, don't have any place to live, don't have proper food and shelter, um, just things like that. So we are just impressing upon any young people we know and children too. Well, we don't have little kids, but people that we know and nieces and nephews and things that this is Jesus's birthday and to focus on how would he, what would he be doing anytime that he was in the earth? He would be giving and caring and loving and sharing. And so even when we're giving little kids and grandkids things, we hope that we're also teaching them that whose birthday this is and how his characteristics. And so we're going to go back to Isaiah 11, the first one that talks about his characteristics. The first thing says the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The next thing, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And as born-again Christians, we've received these characteristics, and these are spiritual gifts that God gives us. He gives us these four gifts. And so when we're talking about getting gifts, we already received these things when we became born-again Christians. Amen. And also, too, let's go back to what Pamela just said. The Spirit of the Lord rests upon it. Remember this, when Jesus was baptized by John and Jordan River by his cousin, older cousin by a couple of monks, he said the Spirit of the Lord is upon him in this, who is my son and who I am well pleased. 
The spirit was a dove, descending like a dove. Which the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Remember, Jesus goes into the temple and he starts teaching. And he opened his mouth. He taught, he taught with one and had great authority. Now, others taught in the, in the temple, I mean, in the synagogues. And they talk, but when Jesus spoke, he spoke with power and authority. And then also, now the spirit of counsel and might. Remember when they brought the woman before Jesus to accuse her, not that they cared anything about her. They tried to test him to see, was this the Messiah or was this a false teacher? When he gave them an answer, he said, what should we do? Should we pay taxes to Caesar or should we withhold tax? Jesus said, render unto the things under Caesar, under Caesar, and the things under God, under God. So he, he really threw them off when he was trying to trick him in his own work. Then the spirit of knowledge and fear. The Bible says, fear the Lord, and that's the prayer. And that's the beginning. And Proverbs says, fear the Lord, O Israel, and serve the Lord. And that is the beginning of knowledge. That's in the book of Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom. Now, all these things that were characteristics of the foreshadowed Messiah are things that we ourselves have. We have given, we have been given these gifts from God. This is a season, and every day really is, to thank God for the gifts that he has given, the spiritual gifts that he has given us, and not focus so much on the world. And we who truly know God know that we have already received these spiritual gifts. So let's look at each one of these gifts one by one. The first thing that was uh, said about the characteristics of the foreshadowed Messiah, he had the spirit of the Lord that rested upon him. And that means that we're sealed with his Holy Spirit. We are made alive in Christ. And we are free from sin and eternal death. We're no longer living in bondage as slaves from sin. And we have an advocate when we fall short in our daily lives. Amen. You know what Jesus said? The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon you. Let me tell you something. There's a time in our life, even though we have, Paul said it's like a race to win. But when you're in a race, in a war, you have to rest sometimes in the Lord and refresh yourself in the word of God. And also, so we're still with the Holy Spirit. Do you remember the day of Pentecost when it came upon all the people that went up the room with the disciples and the apostles? And the Spirit of said it not only spoke, but they spoke in, um, in their native tongue and language. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And God has made us alive for eternal life. Before we gave our life to Jesus Christ, we were like the move. What's that series that come on TV? The Walking Dead. We were walking along, going with every two and fro and every two and four. But when Jesus came alive, when Jesus came into our lives and we opened up our hearts, we became alive, a living new creature in Christ. And no, no longer at the same time, we're in bondage to anything, sin or anybody, but we are free and moral agents in Christ Jesus to serve. And so he became an advocator. So if we fall short, we can say, Lord, forgive me. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, please forgive me or help me in this area where I struggle. So these are the things. The spirit of the Lord is uh, was upon him, and Jesus realized one thing he said, if I'm resting with you, you can rest in me, rest, reassure you one thing, that I'm with you even until the end of age. Amen. So if you keep following along with Hebrews 11 too, the next gift that he, uh, the coming Messiah was prophesied to have is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. This gift means we can see God as our father. We can call him Abba Father. We, he's, he, we, we are his children. He, we are dear to him and he's dear to us. I like what my husband says sometimes. 
if God had a big refrigerator or a desk, he'd have our picture on it. And that because like we do with our own children, we're proud of them, we love them. We have our picture and he's our father. So he, he cherishes each one of us. We can see God's work in our lives and in the world. And we also can see God's view in everything, in nature, when we look at history, the, the history of our world, and even in our own personal life. And then we would have, we look for God in everything, and we have proper judgment about God's truth and not be led by popular culture. Yeah. Also, too, now we look at popular culture, we're going to talk about that. See God as your father. Remember King Solomon when he was first anointed to became king? He went to Mount Moriah and he sacrificed and he prayed for God. He said, Lord, I need the wisdom. Please, he asked. He didn't ask for gold. He didn't ask for silver. He didn't even ask to be king. He said, but give me the wisdom to rule over your people for my people. But he realized that God had worked in his life. The wisdom of God was more important to him than anything, a tangible thing in this world. See, a lot of people this season right now, they love, they want tangible, materialistic things they can see, but they have unbelievable spiritual gifts that God has given them that they don't want to even touch. So unwrap the gifts. Those things, like I said, a lot of kids, they get the toys, they play with them, they tear them up by the next person, trying to get another set. But why not use the spiritual gifts that God has given us? And watch this. And, it's, and also, Solomon, when he judged between the two women who were arguing over who child it was, Solomon was able to discern and judge who was telling the truth and who wasn't because the spirit and wisdom and judgment law rested upon him because God had gave him wisdom and understanding heart. That's why God told Solomon, I have, behold, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart. Amen. So also the third gift in, in Hebrew, I mean, Isaiah uh, chapter 11, verse 2 is the spirit of counsel and might, and, and meaning courage. Might is a, a word for courage. And this gift enables us to know the difference between right and wrong, to stand up for what's right in the sight of God, even if it means rejection or persecution, um, trusting God in times of persecution, only proclaiming the name of Jesus and passionately sharing Christ with others. Now, having the spirit of counsel and might and courage means that we have to stand with God, as we said it earlier, no matter what social standards are saying, no matter what is politically correct or what isn't, we have to stand with God only and stand with the Bible just, just completely and totally without compromise or reservation. Amen. And also, too, as what Pamela just said, what I've just said right now is this. Remember this, this is insane exact message. It will connect to Ziglag when David was in Ziglag. And I love y'all heard me say that before. When he was discouraged, the Bible said he encouraged himself and he sought counsel with the Lord with the ephod. But as we go so right now, God David counseled the Lord. He realized that Lord, this is a time that I need you because I feel like I have been wrong. Now, when things when you feel like that you're know, injustice or sometimes you have to stand up for what is right. And the Bible says when everybody speaks good about you, woe unto you, because they didn't speak good about our Savior. But also trust in God in a time of persecution. That's what that's what Nehemiah and Ezra had to do when they were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. They had to trust God. And they, not only that, they had to work by day and defend the wall by night. And also what about Gideon? 
Gideon took 300 men and God used them to knock off an army of thousands of men because they trusted in God and in counsel of God because they knew the enemy would come in like a flood. But God raised up a standard against Gideon. And what did they say? The sword of the Lord and the God of Gideon. Amen. And watch this. And the pastor shared Christ with others. Right now, if you come in contact with somebody and they need to hear a word, say, hey, you might be down right now, but let me tell you about my Lord and Savior who can lift you up when you're down. I'm not telling you a feel-good message. I'm telling about somebody who can come into your life and change your life forever. And you know, the spirit of might, if you, if you keep looking at uh, uh, verse 2, the spirit of might and courage. Look how many times uh, Paul talked about be strong, be courageous, uh, put on the full armor of God. We really do a lot of teaching about spiritual warfare because it takes courage to be able to fight against these, the forces of wickedness in heavenly places, but we can only do it with God's armor, not with our own. So the courage that we have comes not from ourselves, but comes from these gifts that we have as spiritual gifts from God to be able to be bold in Christ. I, uh, of course, I send out the battle card. I've mentioned that to you. And recently I just decided to put the battle card as an online uh, page of our of our website. And I found this little picture of a little warrior, a Christian warrior, a little lady. And I thought this was so, it just shows how much courage we, it's needed because we're fighting day by day in a spiritual war. We need the spirit of might, which is a spiritual gift from God. We need the spirit of might that was prophesied to come and be the Messiah. And that he's given us that same gift in these days that we need. We need it so importantly, especially in the targeted community, to be able to be courageous in times of persecution, to be able to fight against wrongdoing, whether it means fighting through the legal system or through different ways that we can kind of, you know, make our voices heard. We have, we have to be courageous in these days. The spirit of might is the spirit of courage, and it's standing up for what is right not only for ourselves, but for others who have been um, you know, maligned, who have been marginalized, who have been persecuted. The spirit of might, which comes with a spiritual gift we have, we have to ask God to stir that up. Because when sometimes when we're so persecuted, we might even lose the, the desire or the ability to fight back or to stand strong. We might be so worn down. We That's what the enemy wants us to do, both this spiritual enemy and enemies in the earth, people, they want us to be worn down. They want us to be too tired to fight back. We will not back down. We will not give up and we will continue to courageously and boldly go forward in Christ. And also too, I will say this, the next one we have right now, during the times of persecution, you have to trust God. But one thing I will say this, ask God for wisdom, how to deal do persecution, how to handle it, how to adjust it, and how to raise up a standard against it. Now, we have what, number four now? No, the next um, gift is the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And with this gift, we're inspired to grow closer to God, to know his will for our lives, to renounce sin, depart from sin, continuously make self-evaluation, and take steps every day to stop bad habits and ungodly ways. Now, this is something that we've been talking about a lot this year, self-examination, looking at the man and woman in the mirror, being able to know that, you know, we're Christians and we're all born again and we're saved and we are forgiven. But day by day, we have to take steps. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord means that we continuously seek God's face about what our life looks like. 
uh, in relationship to the Bible and as we hold it up against the Bible. We don't have to be perfect every day, but guess what? We must every day be moving toward perfection. Like Paul said, and we've said this before, not that I've already attained it, but that I'm pressing forward. So if there's anything, if there's a habit, if there's, um, you know, watching TV too much, being too materialistic, shopping too much, um, not eating right. One thing that I've talked about before, and I just really have talked about it a lot this year, is that we have to be good stewards over how we treat our bodies. Uh, the knowledge and the fear of the Lord says that he, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We cannot just eat anything. We cannot just drink anything. We cannot just do certain things. Just because we don't do drugs, alcohol, or anything like that does not mean we're in good in good condition. We have to eat proper, properly. We have to eat ways that don't cause us to have excess saturated fat in our body. And these are serious things. And I just don't see a lot of times people preaching on this because it's it's, it's just as important to eat well. I mean, this... Uh, not doing right by your body is just as bad as like gambling, drinking, or doing drugs, or using pornography or, or adultery or any other thing like that. You're doing something to the Holy Spirit, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to also use the spirit and the knowledge of the fear of the Lord to be good to the temple of God. One of the problems that I had when I started changing my eating habits, because you get older, you have to change your eating habits and exercise. Because I the one thing I found out the hard way. It is harder to lose weight as you get older. I don't know why it's something in the body chemistry changes the time. But I tell you one thing, I've learned how to start eating a little bit. And I thank you, honey, the Lord and you for helping me with that mm. so much. My wife is a very good help and support in helping me get more well, exercising and eating healthier, cutting down a lot of the fast food we used to eat and stuff like that. And start eating more homemade meals. That my wife, which is a and more vegetables and fruits and everything. And I really started adapting. And I realized the one thing your body does, it's a setup to help you live a longer life until Jesus comes back. And remember, a healthy Christian is an effective Christian. And the longer you live, the more you live, the longer you live, the more threat you are to the kingdom of darkness. Because you get another year to preach that gospel, to teach this gospel, Amen. spread that gospel. And Satan wants to kill us. He wants to destroy us mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, any way he can. But the Bible says you cannot curse what God has blessed. Amen. And, that's and, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I'm, I'm telling y'all this, this Christmas, have peace in your hearts, have peace in your mind, and do not let the enemy take away this peace that God gives you. Enjoy the holidays and recognize we know that Christ was probably not born on December 25th, but that was a, that was the day that they settled on. But let the spirit of knowledge and the fear of God, because that's the most important thing in our lives. We're on the eve of basically another Christmas, and thank God that we are on the earth to see another one right now. Uh, I was just saying to somebody today that, you know, take every day, one day at a time, and then take a step of any bad habits, eating ungodly ways. And I'm going to touch on one more thing, but I'll wait until we get to Well, one other thing, too. It's not just eating or just any other thing. You can have bad habits. Like me, I have, I have been working lately on how to use my words wisely. Um, I, I want to print out every scripture on taming the tongue. Um, this is These are important things. I mean, I want to get to heaven, and these, God has given us these gifts so that we can get better day by day. And I've been, I print out everything I can on 
how to use words, using words wisely, soft answer, turn away around, all of these different things. Because this is a step I'm taking every day to stop bad habits. It's like eating, having the right speaking, something. So everybody has something. Yeah. Um, you, some people might not have eating problems, but they might have a problem with taming the tongue. Like I feel like I don't have eating issues or anything, but I do have that other problem. You might have problem being afraid, or you might have problem trusting God, or you might have some habit that is not godly. So the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord is how we can help our, that inspires us to take these steps every day to break bad habits. So that's one of the, that's just one of the gifts. Let me add one more thing. I'm going to add this too. Two of the things, let's take uh, other people. Let's say Moses. Moses killed an Egyptian and he had to deal with an anger problem that he had. He got so angry that he killed and he fled from Pharaoh. Well, eventually he became one of the most humble men later, 40 years after that. He became the most humble man because he was working on something. Amen. God worked on something every day. Heart. Because to kill somebody with your hands, you got to have spirit of rage. So we know that Moses killed the Egyptian and he fled the hell and he moved to Midian and he met his wife, Sephra. But we know when he came back to Egypt 40 years later, the end of the children of Israel, when God led him, he was a meek, humble man because he those 40 years was a process where he was working on something on yeah. the inside yeah. that changed the outside. Now let's go to Joshua and the one who took over after Moses died before he went in over the Jordan River into the promised land. George Joshua was a rebel. He was tough. He was strong, quick-tempered too, but he was rebel. But eventually he became under Moses. He became, well, he became a humble, meek servant of God. How did this happen? It was a process of self-evaluation. And it was the spirit of knowledge and fear came upon him. And he realized what God has given me is bigger than my fears, bigger than my curse, it's larger than it. This, this calling that God has put on my life is so much one point. That's why the self-valuation is the most important. Now, one more thing I'm going to talk about later on at the end, but let's go on to the next. And so this is what we have to do. So I just really ask everyone to find, look at yourself in the mirror and say, what is it that I need to work on? Get the scriptures on it. This is what the whole uh, spiritual warfare thing is. Once you get that word of God on an issue, you're making great progress. You're making inroads. And you're getting to a point where you're not going to remain the same. We just do not want to remain the same. We're never going to be perfect as long as we're in this earth. But what we can do is be moving every day to be getting better. You know, we, my wife and I just literally came back from uh, D.C. We was up there at our nephew's guy. We went to two graduations in three days, one here and one in D.C. It was nice and cool and rainy. But one thing I noticed that when we had the graduations, we all sat as a family, cheered on our nephew. You know, the ones that was the ones that were high, the ones that really dedicated themselves to higher level, they stood out the most. The ones that spent late hours studying, reading. And the ones that got the awards before they gave out the degrees, the ones they did them first, and they got the higher honor because they put so much effort into what they were, uh, the doctrine and the mastering was in, and they were recognized first. And they, they, you know, and it was just wonderful to see how all these young people had put so much time and effort into a higher level of education. But those, they did stand out more. The ones that put more effort And our nephew, by the way, did graduate magna cum laude. Yeah. And so we want people to graduate not in a um, education high level, but in a spiritual one. We want to be able to say we put in the extra work. 
we put in the extra time, we've put in, we've gotten in the scriptures and we've looked at ourselves in the mirror and said, what do we need to make adjustments on? This is part of one of the gifts that's in, that's in Isaiah 11 chapter, uh, verse two. The, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord is helps us to look at ourselves. But I do want to read the, the, the next two uh, verses in the same book of, uh, of Isaiah, because it also talks about how, um, what will, what will the Messiah be like? And these are things that we can also be. So verse three says, and shall make him quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, meaning he's not going to do this by the flesh. He's going to do this stuff in the spirit. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity and the meek in the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And the righteous and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness shall be the girdle of his reins. So we see right here that he's going to, they've already prophesied all the things that he was going to be and which he was and all the things today that we can be. We don't have to judge and make decisions by, by our natural senses. We can use our spiritual discernment. We can use righteousness to, to judge things. Everything that's in this, this book that foreshadows Jesus also applies to us to this very day. You know, one thing I was reading of when I got a notice, uh, we get our statement from the bank and it says, they have a slogan saying, welcome to better. And that's the new slogan at the new Truist Bank. If you're a Truist Bank, and we have it here in Atlanta, it's called welcome to better. And that means welcome to better in Christ. That's why I'll just add it that way right now. Now we have Colossians 1, 9 to 15. And what is that for? Well, before we read that, I just want to, we're just, we're going to just give everybody just sort of a, an encouragement. And we are just, asking us all to rededicate our lives to the Lord. Um, we always do a prayer of rededication, not always, but often we do a prayer of rededication if we know that there's either believers that may have kind of gotten complacent or new people in Christ. And we ask them to rededicate their lives to the Lord. So we want to ask everybody to rededicate our lives to the Lord. We ask them to renew our spiritual gifts and just let us remind us of these four gifts we've given. I mean, we overlook these things at Christmas time, but this was prophesied at the birth of the Messiah. And when he, when we give, when he's given us his spiritual gifts, we want to ask him to help us in our journey to be more like him. These, these are gifts he's already given us. We need to exercise and act out, act out in these gifts that he's given us, so that we can be more like him every day. So we're going to close with the uh, Colossians. Okay. So we go to Colossians, and also too, I wanted to say this. My family said it right there. Every year that we live is a chapter in our life. Every year. It's 365 pages in a year. That's days. What do we write in those each day? And this year, 2024, is another chapter in our life. This close, another one begins. Colossians 1, uh, 9 through 15. And also before we read that, when we keep when we look at our days, we I keep a diary of every day of just prayer. Um, scriptures that stand out to me, what I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and I write those things down. When I have dreams that, that God is giving me visions, I write those things in that diary. And I write something in that diary every day. Um, even when I skip days, I'll go back and just write something to ask the Lord to bring something to my remembrance that I can use in my life. If you don't have a diary, and many people already have that, get a spiritual diary for 2024 and put something in there every day of a scripture that touches your heart, something the Holy Spirit told you, something you might have heard, a goal you want to do to get better with the Lord, anything, songs even. I Sometimes I put 
a, a song came to my mind, I'll say, oh, the Holy Spirit told me about this song, and I'll turn the song on and start listening to it. Um, so that diary is a journey. So let me uh, read Colossians 1 through 9, which is showing us how to act out these four gifts of the, of the promised Messiah. Colossians 1, and if you want to follow along, verses 9 through 15. And Paul was saying this, we pray that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in his inheritance with the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities or all things were created through him and for him. And do you see how much that links up to Isaiah 11 and 2? All of these things that we have, they're just, they're also identified in that same, those same verse, 11, Isaiah 11. Verse two, all of these things are part of our inheritance in the Lord. And we are the heritage of the Lord. Now, let me say this, and then we're going to, we're not going to be too long today, but I want to say this right now. The spirit, I'm going to talk about the spirit of knowledge, spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. I just want to review that right quick. And here's the one thing that is so sad. And I really hate to say that, but my heart and my Prayers go out for the uh, the Catholic Church right now. My prayers go out to them right now. Because I know there's some leaders in there. And there are good Catholic people that go to church, fear God, loyal Christians. That's, those are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay? And I'm just going to say this. I think it was a dishonor and disservice what Pope Francis said this week. Totally disagree with him every way you can. Because if we're going to get closer to God, we cannot bless sin and then call sin good and evil, you know, vice versa. You can't do that. If we're going to do that, if we're going to have the knowledge of God, the fear of God is lining up with God's word, not changing it for other people to feel comfortable in sin. We can't do that. If we don't evaluate our lives, we're no different than the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The, the reason why a lot of people don't realize, if you look up the scripture about Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin was the spiritual moral force that was put there by the Levites, which is the children of Aaron, the brother of Moses. God allowed them to set up the Sanhedrin so they can, they can operate, they can keep the oracles of God and enforce the rules that God wanted Israel to stay in. And when they started corrupting, the St. Hendrick got corrupt. Not all of them, but most of them were corrupt because every year they would make a new leader. They would put a new leader in position. If you look up to what Christ was, it said Caiaphas was the high priest that year. Well, Caiaphas was corrupt. Now, when Jesus came, he didn't, they didn't know him because they had fallen so far away from God, even though they had these beautiful robes and high hats. 
their hearts were not with God. Because Jesus said, if you would have known me, my father, you would have known me. And the fact you didn't know me and John, you never knew my father. And so the, the robes and the hats and all that, is, God is not impressed with that. What he's impressed is like being like David, a child after his own heart. We must denounce sin in anybody that has lived in a homosexual life. We do not condemn you. We offer you Christ. If you struggle, if you know somebody, pray for them to come out of that life. But don't bless that mess. Don't do that, please. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon you if we obey him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding will come upon him. And if, if we submit our lives to him, the Spirit of counsel and might God will be on our side if we're on his side. We cannot make a, you know, the world got this term, I'm this kind of a Christian. I'm that guy. There's only one Christian that I know about, and that's Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible, Jesus said to him in Isaiah, he said that if you want to follow me, you must pick up your cross every day and follow me. He didn't say go into the world and be as sinful as you can. And I'll be with you. He didn't say that. He said, what? Be ye holy because what I am holy. Now, let's go back here. He said, the spirit of counsel and might. The only way that David had counsel and might because he was a child after God's own heart. And he sought God even when he became a man, became a king. And David fell short. Yes, he did. But let's go over the last part right here. The spirit of knowledge. The reason why King Solomon was one of the wisest men in the world is because he was seeking God for wisdom, how to rule over the people. And God gave him a wise and understanding heart. He said, I, according unto thee, I shall grant thee with that. And the Bible says that King Solomon's prayer pleased God. That was one of the few times you hear it pleased God because he wasn't thinking about his own interests. He wasn't thinking about his enemies' revenge. Or he was thinking about how to rule these people that will be pleasing to God. So this is another thing right now. Now listen, as the Spirit of the Lord rest upon you, let the Spirit of the Lord rest upon you because watch this, the Spirit of the Lord of wisdom and understanding. We need wisdom and understanding to dwell in these times that we're in right now. The Spirit of counsel might say, Lord, I need a mic. Not my mic because my strength going to run out Amen. of a couple rounds. But I know if God be for me, who could be against me? And the might that God has is stronger than anything but imagine. And then the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of God don't you want God to be glorified in your bodies? And you, we don't want God's glory, but we want him to be the Lord. So these spiritual gifts, God has offered to every um, every Christian today is offered. You know, one time I was a little bit disappointed with myself because I had a new vehicle before I met Pam. I bought a, a, got a new lease, a new vehicle, and I didn't take out no time to read the manual. They came with the vehicle. So when I went to get it serviced, the guy told me, he said, didn't you know that oh, I didn't realize that some of all these things were included in the package deal. Had I would have read the manual, I would have known all the benefits that came with the vehicle. I didn't even know half the thing because I took no time out to read the manual that Ford gave me. So when I found out later, I was like, my God, so your manual is the Bible. 
read the manual and find out there are benefits to being a Christian. We're going to talk, we need to do a service about that benefits, about spiritual gifts that God has given us. Mm -hmm. It's not only just yay and amen, but it's also the spirit of rest, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, and then the spirit of knowledge. And there are a lot of benefits that Christians have. They don't even realize. But the thing is, God says, ask and seek, and I shall provide. Now, also, too, I is therefore told these things to mankind before the birth of Christ. And then you go into Isaiah's Paolo read right there. My wife read is Isaiah 11, chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. And these shall be a root, what he said. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, which is, will grow up from his roots. Now, Jesse, you and I know, is David's father, earthly father. But God was his heavenly father. But did you know that David prophesied about Christ in Psalms, called him Lord in Psalms. He called Christ Lord before the birth of Christ. Uh, um, not only Isaiah prophesied the birth of Christ, but I believe Jeremiah and also there were others that prophesied the coming of the Messiah. Jesus is coming. Now, when he come back this time, he's not coming back as Mary's baby. When he come back, he's Amen. coming back as Amen. the King Amen. of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But let me get back right now. One of the sad things that I see around our city is churches compromising mm. the word of God because they want to fit in with this culture right now. You can't do that. That is going against the will of God. We don't change God's word. God's word changes us. We do not compromise water down the gospel so we can be loved and liked by the world. We are separate from Amen. the world. We're, that's why the Bible said when Jesus comes, he's going to separate the wheat from the tears, the go and then when, watch this too. When he come back, you know, and what what I'm saying about this, what what has happened with the Catholic Church, there are a lot of people discouraged about what they heard because there was a they he should have told them repent because the kingdom Amen. of God is coming back. You don't have to condemn nobody to hell, but you need to let them know what they're up against. And right now, you just gave your approval for people to go further in darkness. And it's you not know, just this, even this is, that this sad. particular this sin, but it's any sin, any it's sin, any sin that would take you away from God, because every sin that we do um, is against God, it's against the will of God. So we're not picking on any particular person because there's people that need to change their how they treat their own body, what they do to to be healthy. There's people that need to work on their 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 attitudes and how they speak and everything. We have to be ready for the Lord. We don't want to leave anything undone. We don't want to start saying, well, this is okay. Well, I guess it's okay for me to tell people off. Well, I guess that's okay. I could just yell at folks or I could just, you can't stay like you are and be get closer to God. You have to be getting better every single day. If there's sin, call it sin and then fix it. They're, they're, we're not saying that you're, you're unredeemable. Everybody can be redeemed, but they have to know that what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. You can't call right wrong and wrong right and be in good standing with God. You just can't do it. And you know, one thing, I have a heart for people who has been uh, assaulted in any kind of way and, and they might have went the wrong way because of those things. God does too, but we can all change Amen. and be better. That is no excuse. A lot of people say, well, I was because this happened. I understand. Let me tell you something. All of us 
have fallen short of the glory of God. But that's not the point. The point is we're not supposed to stay, stay like that the way. world. Damn. We got to do better than God wants us. Now, the Bible talks about uh, God is coming back for a church without, without, spot, without, without blemish, without wrinkle. And this is the thing that the St. Hendrick did wrong. They went deeper and further into sin. And when Jesus came, he said, I know that Jesus said, I know the time he told him to his face. He said, I know that you have no love of God in your heart because if you were to love my father, you would love me. And then you hate me because I tell you the truth. But then he said, if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sin. sin. And Jesus and told people to go and sin no more because people always use this thing saying, well, oh, Jesus accepted this person. He accepted, yes, he, he loved them. Yes, he did. But guess what he told them after he loved them and prayed for them? Go and sin no more. That's he didn't say go stay the same. He didn't say go go back and drink some more. Go back and gamble some more. Go back and do illicit sex some more. Go back and beat up people some more. Go back and yell at people and curse people out. He said go and sin no more. I love you, but I'm not going. I, I'm refusing to leave you the way you are. Right. We have to know that we have the same gifts that that was prophesied in the coming Messiah. We have the Spirit of the Lord. We have the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and mind. And we have the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We can do what He wants us to do, but we have to move forward in Him and not in the world. And you know the thing about it in our lives that we've given our lives to Christ, there should be some evidence of change in our lives. When we say we folk like life, when we get saved, we don't do the same. Like I said, I used to party. I used to love to go out and party with my friends before I met my wife, with my family, the cousins of mine. We used to go out and party and stuff. And I, I used to go, I gave up party, gave up playing a lottery and, and getting and spending so much time on football and stuff like that. I gave up a lot of things because I, the things of God became more important to me than the things of the world. And the things of the world do not, believe me, these things are going to end one day. They're going to end. I have been to enough funerals to know that one day this is all going to come to an end. And what a word so what to hear. If you go to the graveyard right now, you go out there, you will see if God were right out there right now, every tombstone out there, regret, regret, regret. Amen. Because you know why? The people, they died without Christ, they rejected Christ, or they died in the multitude of sin. And that's what that's what Satan wanted. He wanted as many people he can get in a multitude, because he knows what he's doing. But he is not going to really go by himself. He's going to take as many people as he can down with him, down to the, the pit of Hades. And you know, there's lots of things that, I mean, even like overspending, there's things that come on the internet when you're just sitting there trying to read something or do something, shopping over here, oh, buy this, do that. And I've literally clicked on that stuff. And I'm like, wait, and then I bind that spirit up in the name of Jesus because I don't have to run after, oh, I'm going to oh, that looks cute. I'm going to get that. No, that is a, that. Those are spirits. I mean, those are those are literally spirits trying to take you down and undermine you, take your time away from Christ, get you to be in materialism, care about material stuff instead of the things of God. Not saying we shouldn't, you know, treat ourselves at times or do, you know, things for our family members. But when it comes down to that, the internet is good at the, using demonic forces to get you to get all wrapped up in materialism. It's not the will of God. And also, too, if I had an opportunity, I would sit down with the Pope. I would say, let's go to Romans chapter one and read that whole chapter and see what it says. I'm not saying that because I have no animosity against none of them. Pope Francis is none of them. But I will say this what does it say? God handed them over to a reprobate mind to do the things that was ungodly because that was the desires of their heart. So, the reason why I'm saying this, I'm saying this right now. 
be let us all live a holy life that is pleasing to God. Let us live a life. Let's put. Let's get out of the flesh and walk in the spirit, and we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let us let let's ask God, oh Lord, are we? And did I please you today? Did I did I do I do your will today? Did I tell enough people about Jesus? Let's be servants and not want to be served, but let's serve. Remember, the Son of Man said, I come to serve, not to be served. But we got to work right now to do in the Lord, and we don't need to be getting distracted by all this stuff in the world right now. Stay focused on God. Stay focused on your calling. Fulfill your mission. What did, Timothy, what did Paul tell Timothy? Make proof of thy ministry, and he says, show yourself approved by God. So what he told Paul in his last letters, he told Timothy, he sent the Timothy Ephesus, the letters to Ephesus, where Timothy was preaching. He said, make proof of thy ministry and do the will of an evangelist. And so if we ask you all just to please reread Isaiah 11, verses 1. You can always read all the way down to verse 5. And then reread Colossians chapter um, 1, verses 9 through 15. Because in the holiday season, it's important for us to remember the gifts that God has given us. And this is what we're why, why we're saying this this evening. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, um, Santa Claus is what is something fiction. We know that. Mothers and fathers used to tell us that. I understand you don't want kids to feel left out. But Satan Nick did not go around. He didn't he went around giving gifts out to people because they were poor and he felt bad. Amen. Amen. And that's how that's really right, got yes. fun. He was giving, not getting. You know, and I remember when I was a kid, I had to repent because my mind was so consumed with what I was going to get, what mommy and daddy was going to buy me. My mind was just overwhelmed. Me and my friends were talking about what we going to get. We never talked about what we was going to get. It was all what we going to get right now. So my wife and I, we have made a, a, a promise here. We don't buy no gifts for each other. Yeah. We don't buy no gifts. Well, we buy for the seniors. We buy for the seniors, and that's it. Because you know what? It's, it's not our birthday. If it's not our birthday, then why we worry about getting? <laughs> we should be giving him. And like I'm gonna use one of those John F. Kennedy things from the long run. Ask not what God can do for you, but yet ask what you can do for your God. Yes. And we just like to bless people all year long. We don't wait till the holidays. We do not wait till the holidays to give people stuff. And you know, and we're not condemning you if you do that, but we want to just bless folks. I mean, I don't call it a Christmas gift or any other thing because I send stuff and you know, I didn't send my family members anything this year, but we we went somewhere and you know, spent a lot of money this year with them. So we just try to bless people year round because we look at them like this. Jesus was always giving. We have all these gifts. We just give people year-round and don't make it a special time. Like a song, song that we love, it's called Don't Save It All for Christmas Day. If you if you ever have a chance to listen to that song by Celine Dion, it just says that don't save all the giving. Don't do it just on Christmas. I mean, if you're going to love folks and just say, I appreciate you, don't make it on account of that. But make it on account of just I love you. We do not give Valentine or any other kind of gifts like that. I mean, my husband does bring me candy because I like to eat candy. But, but we just make it, we just bless one another. And but so, you know, guys, we wish y'all a safe, a blessed, and a marvelous Christmas and a happy new year. And we, we won't probably be talking to y'all no more until the first month of the year. And Jesus could be coming back before then. That could happen too. Well, we might do the new year. But we might with the new year's thing. So if We'll pass that on to Reverend Black. 
Y'all have a wonderful holidays and rest in the Lord. Rest, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And not only that, but delight yourselves in the Lord and he and make your requests known to God. And in due season, he'll, he'll, he'll look into that situation that we're dealing with. But for right now, let all eyes should be on Christ Jesus right now. Can this be today? He might even come back on Amen. Christmas Day. Yeah. That's possible too. I'm not looking for gifts under no trees. I'm, I'm looking up to see if this Amen. day the, gift, the Lord the will gift come of back. Gifts. I mean, you know, the other day, and I didn't mean to go on, but I, I need to say this right now. The other day, one of the one of the ministers who looks at the signs of Christ coming was said he confirmed a lot of things that we have been saying. There's no more signs that need to be filled for Christ to come back right now. All the signs is almost, they're done. There's no more prophecies that have to come to pass. He just got to come back and that's it. And then we're going to be out of here. The world is in chaos right now. And if you ever, if the greatest gift you can give somebody, tell them about Jesus. That, that, that's going to be more than all of them. Amen. And all the debt you can rack up for Christmas. <laughs> I promise you one thing. I'd have been there, did that, done it, ran up the credit cards and, and paid later. We enjoyed the Christmas, but you know what? We had a headache later on that bill came. Amen. I ain't going through that again. And I repent before the Lord and my wife because I was so caught up in materialism one time. It was like, it was like almost like I that's all I thought about. But I thank God that he broke that away. But I say one thing, let me say the spirit of the Lord rest upon you. The spirit of wisdom and understanding on rest upon you. The spirit of counsel might rest upon you. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord rest upon you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's make it a great holidays. But look every day, look out your window and look up toward the heavens and say, Lord, can this be the day that the Lord return? Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you, Reverend Black. God bless you. And thank you for having us. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.